is the planet's ultimate game. Welcome to Pitch the Podcast. We're your hosts, Claudette and Alessandra, and this podcast is dedicated to the world of women's soccer and the intersection of the game with gender, politics, and history. This is episode five of Pitch the Podcast. Uh, We've been covering the Women's World Cup recently, and today we're going to be talking about the latest matchup, which was USA versus England in the semifinal game. Also known as the Revolutionary War. So today we're going to be going over just some general game information that happened during that semifinal. Some lineup drama that you definitely felt or heard or experienced. Some standout players. Spoiler, (laughs) there's going to be a pop. Uh, Some fun stuff that's been happening this World Cup, some cool news, and a preview of the final USA versus Holland. I have a question. I have an answer. When is it appropriate to say Holland versus the Netherlands? Is there a difference? Maybe we'll find that out on Sunday when we hear that their other name is Loser. (laughs) That was funny. Yeah. You didn't believe in that joke. I saw you. You were not believing. <laughs> I was skeptical. I was skeptical as to where that was going, but it was good. So, should we start with the score? 2-1. We kept our streak going of scoring inside the first 12 minutes. Kristen Press scored in the 10th minute off a beautiful header. The entire play is beautiful. It was a dummy by Haran. And Kelly O'Hara got the ball and played this beautiful cross in. And Kristen Press got on the end of it with an extremely well-placed header that no goalie could have gotten. So, just be- tears. You know? Maybe Hope Solo. Maybe. But they actually, the commentators um, the commentators were saying in how hard it must be for Nair with Hope Solo to quote them literally looking down on you. I mean, yeah, that's what she was doing. <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting observation. <laughs> uh, okay, so Christian Press scored in the 10th minute. And then we have England with the response nine minutes later. Ellen White scores. A beautiful goal as well. That was just a redirection off of a really well-placed cross. And there, there was no way she could have saved it. Ellen no White chance. was just able to, to poke in there, get between our center backs. Yeah, that was definitely a common theme, that that slip ball in between our two center backs. But we'll we'll get into that a little later. So Ellen White basically trying to ruin Alex Morgan's thirtieth birthday, and <laughs> she had something to say about that. So in the thirty first minute, Alex Morgan scores again off a header, which puts her back in the running for Golden Boot. So if there are any doubts about that, she is in pursuit beating Ellen White for the golden boot race Ellen White has five she would have had six but VAR in the 67th minute called her goal offside so that was taken away from her thankfully (laughs) I'm sure we were all pretty pretty happy about that it was offside we we love VAR until we hate VAR 
And that's exactly what happened with the penalty review. Right. So Ellen White, again, definitely the protagonist for England, in the 78th minute, just absolutely flops like a fish in the box. And somehow, someway, VAR decided that that was a foul on Becky Sauerbrunn. Wait, you think that was a flop? It was absolutely a flop. You were not watching critically. It was not a flop. Although, I don't know if it was an intentional foul. Here's what happened. Becky Sauerbrunn clipped the clipped Ellen White's back standing leg. To be clear, Becky Sauerbrunn did nothing. Ellen White, on her backswing to her shot, hit Ellen White's foot, hit Becky Sauerbrunn's leg, and then she fell. This is a controversy. <laughs> this is a controversy. It was it it was a hard call. It was not a clear and obvious error on the referee's part. That is for sure. That was awarded to England. A penalty was awarded to them. And But the ball never lies. Nair made an incredible save. She said Hope Solo who? In all in all realness though, I mean that penalty wasn't the best penalty taken. It didn't really have that much weight on it. No, it was no Megan Rapinoe penalty. All in all, though, USA came away with the win, 2-1. to one. Yeah, so that's the tea. That's what Alex Morgan <laughs> was drinking. Alex Morgan, after her goal, celebrated by mimicking drinking tea with her pinky up. Another People controversy. Had a lot. People had a lot to say about that. People um, have a lot to say about just about everything these days. Especially with women's sports, for some reason. Somehow, Alex Morgan's celebration was deemed disrespectful, but that's none of my business. It's none of anyone else's business either, but it's because she's a woman, so they have to comment on it. Anyways, interesting stat. USA only had 42% of the possession and connected about 100 passes fewer than England did throughout the game. And that's kind of been a pattern, actually, throughout the tournament. Yeah, we saw a similar pattern uh, in the France game. And I think one conclusion we can draw from that is that the USA has just been a lot more effective with their use of possession, with getting up the field and making opportunities for themselves. So even though it's not necessarily the statistic that they would want, it's been working for them. So It's also just one of the results of scoring so early in the match yeah some some lineup drama during this game I don't know about you but I was pretty shocked to see Pino sitting on the bench not even having warmed up that was I'm sure fans all over were a little a little crazed by that yeah it and it seemed like U.S. soccer was they weren't being entirely transparent about what the issue was it was kind of like a mystery. They were they were trying to generate a lot of intrigue about like what her injury was. And That's how you get press. That is totally. That's how you get press. That was fantastic. That's exactly how you get Kristen press starting over Pino to score in the tenth minute. I think it was all it was all a tactic for Kristen press. So, one theory is that. Megan Pino, who we later found out had an injured hamstring, wasn't playing because of the injury. Another theory that I am working on 
is just just her it's it's just her theory <laughs> just psa we know that her and donald trump exchanged some words there was some animosity and following that megan rapino of course responded by scoring two goals and that probably pissed dt off a little bit so i think and i don't think i'm entirely off face in saying that Donald Trump was blackmailing Megan Rapinoe into faking an injury and not starting the game. I think one hole in your theory is that she is playing in the final <laughs> on Sunday, though. So I don't know exactly where that theory is going. <laughs> I'm working on that. Yeah, I have, it's okay. I have one of those boards in my room <laughs> with all the strings connecting <laughs> Like, printed out tweets and stuff. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, we see yeah. it on TV. So, press started over Rapino. I guess we, we have two potential reasons for that. I'm not sure which one <laughs> is the right one. It's and then we also had Haran starting over Sam Mewis. That also... Some people were also a little confused about that, just because Sam Mewis has been having a pretty stellar performance. So, that was a little confusing to see her not in the starting lineup yeah Mewis has been really solid in the midfield I think throughout the world cup and Haran brings something different she has that uh vision going forward especially in that counter to find that final ball and she's also does really well holding the ball um and distributing out of the back so I don't blame I don't blame Jill Ellis for starting Haran over Mewis, but I think it may have caused some problems later in the game. Jill Scott, who was the holding center mid for England, was able to play really effectively through the middle, and that's how they got most of their goal-scoring opportunities. Yeah, so they were definitely missing some defensive aspects by not having Mewis on the field. Well, she eventually came on for Roosevelt, sorry, Lavelle Rose in the 64th minute. So we actually had, we got to see what Sam Mewis and Lindsay Horan could do together on the field. Yeah, remember, if you remember from episode four, we were theorizing what that combination would look like. And clearly Jill Ellis heard us, heard our music. She was listening. Yeah, she's always there. We can actually Big see brother. where people are are listening from and there was uh one listener from france so jill shout out hey jilly b <laughs> silly jilly you. she got her 101st career win with the team that's so exciting Congrats. yeah very exciting so the record for the most wins a coach has had for the women's team is 105 uh, so Jill definitely going to top that. By how many? And We're going to see. Probably by at least 200. <laughs> <laughs> she, has, we'll see. she has endured a lot of criticism throughout her tenure. But, I mean, if you're winning World Cups, there's, there's not a lot to, to be said. Her decisions to continually leave out Allie Krieger from the rosters and the camp call-ups has been criticized a lot by Krieger and Krieger's fake accounts. 
They so, can't say they're fake accounts. I really like Allie Krieger. <laughs> oh, I love so, Allie Krieger. I think she's fantastic. <laughs> Allie Krieger, if you're listening, we know that you have so many real fans. And none of the accounts that complain when you're not starting are your own creation. We know this. Don't worry. You're just fun. covering for her. Shh. I actually help her manage the accounts. <laughs> Anyways, Allie Krieger came on, did a pretty solid job uh, closing the game out, and Jill just gave the people what they want. And I think that was a purely a PR move for Jill. <laughs> Jill she <laughs> no was just tactical, looking out. No tactical evidence behind it. We just needed to give the people what they wanted. <laughs> she was just Allie looking Krieger. out for her job security at this point. <laughs> yeah. And then final substitution was Carly Lloyd for Tobin Heath, who again didn't have an outstanding performance. Obviously, she's she's a really good player and um, part of the talent that that this team has. But I think we have held her to such a high standard for so long that if she doesn't constantly beat her man one v one down the flank and either get a meg or a corner we deem that as a poor performance. Tobin Heath was also playing pretty conservatively last game. She was playing a lot of a lot of quick passes, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. Like you said though, I think we're just really we're used to her her big flashy show and she was doing a lot of combination plays and playing um through the middle instead of trying to take her man 1v1. So it definitely was a little surprising to see her kind of sit sit back like that almost. Totally. And to transition to our standout players and our pop, our player of the pod, we had someone stepping into that role as that flashy player taking people on 1v1, and that person was Lavelle Rose. The one and only. <laughs> so she is our... She has been voted our pop player of the podcast. She spearheaded a lot of the attack that USA had going forward. She interrupted a lot of England's plays. She was pressing very, very hard. She is fast. Yeah. She is crazy fast. It's so weird because she has no mass on her whatsoever. (laughs) And... You you need some sort of big muscles to be fast like that. She, it's shocking they're too because somewhere. her shots. She had four shots uh, during the England game, and all four of them were on frame, really dangerous. And I'm just confused where all of this leg strength is coming from. So this was a, a standout performance for Lavelle Rose. She she has been consistent all tournament, but this game definitely. I haven't seen this performance out of her this whole tournament. This was just above and beyond how she's been playing. Uh, so I don't know if it was the pressure. Maybe she ate she ate her Wheaties that morning. I don't know what it was. I think people will definitely look back on this World Cup as a defining moment and a breakthrough year for Lavelle Rose. Definitely. Uh, I think England was very scared of her. Saw her as a definite threat. And like you said, she really did take over Tobin's role with bringing the ball up the field and taking players on, drawing in two or three players, and then playing really dangerous passes up front. One of the things that she had been lacking this World Cup was sometimes her ability to finish the play in the final third. 
and she really nailed that this game. And like you said, she created a lot of really dangerous goal-scoring opportunities. So, yeah, she's definitely she's going to be a big thing if she isn't already. Very exciting. And she's only 24, so she's got a long career ahead of her. Now, time for our hop. So, what is a hop? Can we just talk? What is this? <laughs> that is... The acronym doesn't really make sense, but we have our pop, which is the player of our podcast, and then the hop is the honorable mention. Ah, honorable mention of the podcast. So it should yes. be smop, but it, it sounds better to say hop. Yeah, we're going to go with hop. So wait, oh, I need to move my microphone. We decided to name Kristen Press as our hop. Because she hasn't gotten that many minutes this World Cup. I think uh, during France, she got two minutes. Yes, it's just really unfortunate how little time she's gotten. And especially considering the performance that she had against England. It's like Jill Ellis had this secret weapon that she was keeping secret for for a reason unbeknownst (laughs) to anyone. (laughs) Probably blackmail. (laughs) Everything's blackmail this episode. Um, No, but yeah, Kristen Press time and time again has proven her worth. She has, I believe, 48 goals in her career and is a really talented player. So I'm glad that she got a chance to prove that. She came out really strong, pressing the England's back line very hard was able to create some strong opportunities for us and then ultimately uh, was able to score in the 10th minute off of a beautiful, beautiful header. She really got the attack going early in the game, which is so crucial in terms of building momentum for this team. And then our honorable mention to the honorable mention was Crystal Dunn, who had another great performance, just doing thankless work on that flank in the outside back position. She just absolutely shut Nikita Paris down, who was an extremely dangerous player for France and just didn't see much of the ball that game. Yeah, so Dunn was a real brick wall, as per usual. So if you can remember, a couple episodes ago, we talked about viewership in the Women's World Cup. We gave you some interesting statistics. If you haven't listened to that already, go ahead and give it a listen. You'll learn something and tell your friends and change the world. That's how it works. So this World Cup has broken a lot of records. It's got historic coverage in many countries like Brazil and France and England. So the USA-England match that just happened, that was the most watched TV program in England this year. So really exciting. Typically, Brazil doesn't cover their women's sports too much. They're women's team receives little to no recognition. And this World Cup, things have really been changing. They've um, been covering the games really well. They've gotten some big-name reporters to cover the games. They had their reporters that typically cover the men's games to cover the, fe- the women's games, so it was giving a familiar voice to these games. Uh, and it's just been, it's been a really big improvement so far, and I think we're going to keep seeing that. People are hoping that the final on Sunday will break the record set by the 2015 final uh, where we had, it was the most watched sports game in U.S. history. 
and hopefully these patterns will lead to that um, record being broken as well. And going back to the reporters and commentators, I appreciate that Brazil is bringing in sort of the big guns to cover these matches, but I also think it's so important to build things like representation and kind of develop these less known reporters who are specialized in the women's game to get that exposure. One great example of that is Allie Wagner, who is now the lead commentator through this World Cup. She is one of the most knowledgeable reporters on women's soccer, if not the most, and has really made a name for herself, not just as a soccer player, which she was, but as a reporter. And I think that's really important, especially in an industry where most of your credibility is just gained by what team you played for. So we've got USA versus Holland or the Netherlands. <laughs> depending on the how Dutch. smart you are. Yes, depending on how you're feeling that day too. That's happening on Sunday, 11 p.m. Eastern time. So a quick preview of the game. Holland in their semifinal game. Before we start, actually, you the game starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And then later that day, we have the Copa America final as well as the gold cup final for the men's teams because here's the thing women's sports cannot get a day of their own nope because why why would we do that That would be too nice that would be that almost sounds like it would be what's that an equal (laughs) playing field we don't want that nope so good thing fifa saved us and scheduled three matches to be on the same day because why not and after people were understandably upset about this it was noted that the reason for this scheduling atrocity was because there was a clerical error and that is all <laughs> um and if that if that isn't the patriarchy working at its finest oh giving bullshit excuses error. for really problematic things uh, i don't know what that's is that's so classic Anyways, back to the game that matters, which is USA versus Holland. So one question I have is, will Holland's defense be able to stop our attackers? If you watch the semifinal game versus Sweden, you'll know that Holland had a very strong defensive line. Um, Sweden barely got any crosses in. Their their fullbacks in particular were, were, they were very, very solid. Sweden had a hard time getting through. So it'll be interesting to see how they do against seasoned USA technical masters <laughs> like Heath and Rapino and Lavelle Rose. And speaking of Rapino, that's one of the major questions going into Sunday is Will Rapino, who I saw in an in a tweet, was renamed to be the purple haired lesbian goddess which I think is a fantastic nickname. So the question becomes, will she be starting on Sunday? We know that she had a mysterious hamstring injury and she is apparently reported to be healthy for Sunday's match, but the question is, will she be starting? Will she be playing the whole game? Um, Will Kristen Press be scoring in the 10th minute again? So that's definitely something we're all holding our breath for. We're also wondering about Lige Martins, who is is 
a strong forward on the Dutch side. And one of, uh, the, best, for Barcelona. One of the best players in the world, arguably. That is true as well. She was for Barcelona uh, during club season. She is slightly injured right now. Didn't have the best performance against Sweden. Was kind of invisible. So uh, if she's incapacitated as well on Sunday, talk, just another win for talk us. Talk more about her injury because it's a funny story. <laughs> so she scored a spectacular goal against Japan off a corner it was a back heel off of a corner already you know that's a great thing her teammates thought so as well so they (laughs) celebrated with her very excitedly and one of her teammates ended up actually stepping on her toe (laughs) on her foot and injuring her toe and she's been hurt ever since she that she Japan came game. off early in the semifinal because of that. She was still feeling that, yeah. that injury. So what you have to gain from this is celebrate conservatively. <laughs> because first of all, you're a woman. You have we to. Learned and second of all... Early in this tournament <laughs> that celebrations are more important than anything else. And finally, player to watch for. A player that has been known to score hat tricks in World Cup Finals. Studies show that Carly Lloyd will have a stellar, stellar performance on Sunday. So all that to watch for and more. (laughs) Get excited. Get pumped. Get ready to rumble. So match coverage begins at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Game starts at 11. Have a viewing party. Invite your friends. This is a... Tell them about us. (laughs) This is um, a huge moment in women's soccer and always a good opportunity to spread the word. And spread the game. Because if you love the game, you'll love this podcast. So that was it for episode five of Pitch the Podcast. You can listen to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can share it with your friends as well so they can also listen to it and learn something and change the world with us. Obviously, we're the way to do that. That's what we're all about. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter with our handle at Pitch the Podcast. And look out for our next episode in which we will recap the final and talk about I'm sure what will be an exciting match. So thanks for listening.